You see, people collect all kinds of things. New, old, priceless, worthless. Darling, it doesn't matter what. I simply must know why. Those mothballs shouldn't get to keep all the secrets. This is the Mothball Prophecies. Hello! Hey! Hi! How are you? We're the Mothball Prophecies, a podcast about antiques and the stories of people that collect them. I'm Samantha Mashburn. And I'm Jill Huffman. We're coming to you today on this beautiful summer day after the solstice, sitting in a parking lot of a local high school, because our houses are just too loud. I have a toddler at my house, and Jill has... Two 12-year-olds who like to yell on the Xbox. Yeah. Oh, yeah, not quiet anywhere. No. So... We just decided, you know, we're going to sit in my car and we're going to record an episode, goddammit. You know, because this shit is portable. It is. For a reason. It is. Pretty sure a mother designed all this. <laughs> right. Everything to fit in a tidy little bag. <laughs> Most of it. I mean, I did forget the XLR cables and we had to drive back to my house to get them, but it's all right. We got uh, caught up on each other's lives. For those of you listening in the future... Um, if there is a future, this is during Idaho's stage four opening. Everybody's back to work. Uh, Ada County is not back to work anymore. Yes, they went back in time. Yes. So we are uh, at least three feet away from each other in my vehicle. Oh, yeah. We're kind of back to normal-ish life. I'm back to work. And I've been working because I am a nurse. And so, which nobody is, well, you're finally getting the credit you deserve. As yeah. A nurse. You know, that's been nice. There's been like a lot of discounts and, you know, the nurse life is finally paying off. You got a, uh, didn't the, who flew over the hospital? Oh, uh, the National Guard and the Mountain Home Air Force Base. That's right. You got planes. Which I was super excited because I'm an Air Force brat. This is, yeah. So I knew my planes. I knew the route they were taking and... It was awesome, and we totally appreciated that. Yeah, they did it over the entire state. They did, well, the bottom half of the state, the panhandle doesn't really count. They did uh, <laughs> Twin Falls, Boise, and Idaho Falls, but they threw a big, like, it was kind of a boomerang shape. Yeah, they did it, like, what, in an hour and a half? I know. <laughs> because they're the Air Force bitches. Yeah, we're just going to do this real fast and get from... <laughs> place to place really nobody quickly. believed me too and i'm like guys it's like it's gonna be quick and they were like they're going so slow and i'm like um yeah so we could see them i was like if they go with a speed then you don't see them that's kind of the point you know because they're the air force yeah you don't it's want not like they flew air force crop dusters <laughs> over the hospital <laughs> dropping like ping pong balls i'm pretty or... sure that's what people were hoping they were hoping for like uh the blue angels well, yeah, somebody was like, is this the Blue Angels? And I'm like, okay, first off, wrong branch. <laughs> but bless your heart for trying. I, okay, speaking of wrong branch, wrong story, I had a friend that was in the Air Force. And during, is it boot camp? I'm going to call it boot camp. During that, he had a buddy and they were asking, why did you join the Air Force? They're all going through and telling their stories and doing whatnot. Well, this new cadet, airman, excuse me, says, I really loved the movie Top Gun. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Everybody looks at this poor, 
I'm assuming oh, 19 year old. Bless his heart. Kid and said, that was the Navy. Wasn't it the Navy? It was totally 100% the Navy. Yeah. So they were like, you kind of totally fucked the whole thing up because that's not this branch. Uh, apologies. And he was, he was devastated, but it's one of oh. my favorite uh, mess em ups. You know, I mean, you can't go into the Navy. I mean, Air Force, that's a good... I mean, I mean I, if you want to fly planes, you'll do it regardless. How true. about that? Right. Well, that was um, an interesting day. I think I couldn't go to that because I was home with my toddler. And my child is two and a half, and so he cannot wear a mask. Also, he wouldn't at all. You know, I'm impressed with the children who have... Right. Because I've seen some five-year-olds and they're just, they're better than the adults. I know. They don't touch their face. They leave it alone. I went this morning. Um, one of our favorite pastimes is finally open. Deseret Industries. God. And uh, I cleaned my house out during the quarantine. Right. And so did everybody else in this goddamn town. Right. So I was really hoping for some treasures today. Mm-hmm. But... They're not doing, like, the reloading during the day. They're only putting everything out in the morning, and then they're not bringing new carts out. That's what I heard, because there's a couple people I work with were doing the same thing. <laughs> One of the nurses I work with, her husband sent us a picture of the shelves. He's like, I've been here for an hour, and there's nothing. Yeah. Like, what are y'all taking? Like, I, There was people today. So this is the mask thing. Like, I wore a mask into the store. Sure. Not a single person other than like workers, like pretty much 90, I would say 95% of the store was not wearing a mask. And I was like, y'all, of all places, right? You should definitely be wearing it to the DI where we're not sure what, uh, what of the stuff is really no, clean. Even before all this, I was never really sure what... Like, I looked at something, it was caked in something. I kind of stared at it for a little while, like, is it worth it enough? We don't know what it is. Because it's somebody I don't else's know. goop. I'm not doing it. Yeah. I didn't find anything. I was looking for something that I'm, a project I'm making, but I found a plastic black cauldron that I'm going to make a oh. arrangement for Halloween, for put like mums in it this oh, fall. Perfect. It's a buck. You can't be a buck. No, that's but, that's really bad though when you're at a state sales too, and you're like it's a buck. Mm-hmm. Okay, well I gotta have it, and then you get it home, and you're like, what am I gonna do with this? Well, and you just had like the score of the century. Oh my gosh! So that was the other thing. I was really that jealous. I'm super excited. Wild hair estate sales are going again, but you know, same as everything, you gotta wear a mask. Mm-hmm. Which every time we've gone, people have been pretty good good with that. Right, we went to one right as. Um, Quarantine was kind of starting the the beginning of the coronavirus uh, hysteria here in Idaho because it was kind of hysteria because once the Mormon church said we're closing churches, shit hit the literal fan. That That is correct. Everything went off the rails. And we went to one right before and people were still doing uh, pretty good at like social distancing. and But your score. But, so, okay, here here's the setting. So there, there's this woman and she basically traveled and did, she was the woman you wanted to be. Like she had the most amazing things in her house. A lot of mid-century, like it was a mid-century Mid-century and Asian. Yeah. There was a lot of different Asian um, 
antiquities and she had an amazing vinyl record collection. And so we got there, we're looking around. So I saw this thing first. I'm not going to tell you yet. So I get some I got some beautiful antique or some sea glass. Gorgeous. My kids and I are going around, my husband goes around and he goes, "Have you seen that thing upstairs? I don't know what it is." And I said, "Yeah, we don't have the truck though, so I didn't think I was allowed to get it." So he's like, he kept going back and forth, back and forth. And I said, I want it. If you want it and we'll go get the truck, we'll do it. He's like, no, no. And I didn't know at first I knew it was a stereo console, but I didn't know anything really about it yet. So then I kept looking and it was a, and we found out it was a 1960s mid-century stereo console in immaculate. It's condition absolutely beautiful we'll put it up on the instagram yeah oh you posted i did post it i did post it on our story so it was there but i'll post it again and um so y'all can see but the only thing really kind of wishy-washy is the stereo we're gonna see if we can fix it up but the best part was this woman wanted 75 dollars Oh my God. That's it, guys. $75. I went on eBay, found one just the same, same condition for like $1,500. Oh my. I about pissed myself because I told my husband, go get it right now. So did you, did you put it like a sold on it? And we you- actually left. Yeah. Okay, so we live 45 minutes to an hour away from this town that the estate sale was in. Yeah. And so we had brought, we, we, before we left, we were like, do we want to bring the truck? And I'm like, no, no, we don't want to. Well, because it's kind of asking for trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Because you know me. If I have room, I will fill that shit up. 100%. And so we went to something else. And I told my husband, I was like, we got to go back. And he's like, we got to get the truck. I'm like, I don't care right now. We're going to go get it. So luckily for us, this place was really hard to get to. Because it was like up on the bend. It was up it? in like the hill area and yeah. the like the road to it was super narrow. Oh, funny. And so we got back there and I told my husband, I was like, run. Because I saw three people <laughs> oh, getting God. ready to go down into it. I said, you walk fast, you grab that ticket and you pay for it right now. And he... He's a he's a virgin to the estate sale shopping, yeah, which is a, this is why it's so impressive that he also spotted the stereo and the right. record player because he's not a antiquer or a thrifter or yeah no he like if he sees things. something cool that's when he but <laughs> I told him I was like run run like your life depends on it you have to get it and we got it and then we went back home forty five minutes got our truck came back forty five minutes. We were, <laughs> I had messaged her and I'm like, we're going to be a few minutes. Cause she only stays open till three. Right. As soon as three hits, she's done. And I was like, we're going to be like a few minutes late. Can we still come get it? Cause I was like, I don't want to come all this way. And to then have, have her to just go. close shop. And then she was so cool. She is an amazing woman. And uh, she puts on seriously some of the best estate sales I have ever been to. They are so fairly priced. Like she really knows what she's doing. I would love yeah. to have her on the show. Yeah, she would be like a really fascinating woman to talk to because she is like, and it was funny when we were loading it up, she was, 
my husband's like, I don't think this is going to fit. And she's like, oh yeah, it will fit. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure it will. And he's like, no, I don't think so. I'm like, let's just get it up in there. And then she, she literally is like, if you just angle it this way and push it up, you got it in. And I, that's exactly what I did. She's like, yeah, people don't realize I do this for a living. I know how to pack up things. <laughs> right. I have gotten some of my best pieces from her estate sales. I think, yeah. She really, I've been, I will travel to Pocatello. Yeah. If I can, I will go. To go to these estate sales. And that's actually how Jill and I came to um, record and make the Mothball Prophecies. Yeah. Yeah. So when we were, so our story is funny and it's, you know, there's always certain people that the universe throws into your life. And when you first meet, you don't necessarily know why. And then you just kind of keep like a pendulum swing mm -hmm. running back into each other's existence. And when Jill and I first met, Jill was a trainer at a local boot camp gym. And I was an attendee. And that was how we first got to know each other. And we definitely were not friends at that time. Like, it was strictly like... No, it was, it was like, you know, acquaintances. For sure. Like, oh, welcome back. Let me kick your ass in this workout. Right. Have fun. Mostly did. Because it was super early in the morning. We'd see each other, blah, blah, blah. Um, for those of you that don't know, I work, I am a hairdresser. And so Jill and I do that. And then there was my grandfather passed away suddenly and I left the gym. And then Jill left shortly after that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and the other thing is I couldn't find a hairdresser to cut my hair mm -hmm. because I am half Hawaiian Filipino. So I have very Hawaiian hair. She has the most hair. Thick, coarse hair. Yeah. Very, very, very difficult to cut. And I have been, like, I lived in Idaho Falls maybe, what, seven years, eight years before I found Sam. And I just, there was a bunch of you. They're all hairdressers. And mm -hmm. I just stared them all down and I said, who can cut this hair? <laughs> and they all pointed directly at me. <laughs> and Sam's like, uh, me, I can, I can do it. So Jill came and sat in my chair and we started that different level of like a working relationship. Right. And then I, so Jill works as a nurse. And at the time she worked in the <laughs> OR at a local hospital. Well, I had to have emergency surgery. I had to have an emergency laparoscopy. No, I was your post-op nurse. That's right. I got you after. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, Jill saw me in my most <laughs> fragile and vulnerable state. And I always joke, I said, you're the client that's seen the most of me. It's true. In every aspect, you've seen me super hungover. You've seen me <laughs> dying in the gym and then literally after surgery coming out of anesthesia. She was a very good patient. I just want you all to know. I'm pretty sure. because So I had to have a laparoscopy. This is, anyways, the anesthesiologist or the nurse that was watching my stats while I had a colonoscopy the next day had a really bad haircut. And I am fairly <laughs> certain that while I was consciously sedated, I told her that. Because the nurse that put me to sleep and the nurse that woke me up were two different uh, personalities of the same person. The second one was not as nice. And I was like, oh, God, what did I say? Which, you know, honestly, she shouldn't take offense to it because we don't ever know what's going to come out of anybody's mouth. Right. Like, that's almost the fun part of my job. I love it. Because it's like, you won't remember what you tell me. No. I've had, like, the craziest things 
like well and how are you to know like what's true and what's just like no and it's like everybody always gets really nervous like what did I say did I was I offensive and it's like you know it's cool like when I got my wisdom teeth out they were really upset that I wasn't more fun because I'm did. pretty fun <laughs> we do get a, like oh you were kind of just sleeping like yeah, you didn't just, like when my daughter came out of anesthesia she just kept saying mommy more mommy more and I'm like mommy more what I don't know. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. I don't know either. I don't either. And I'm a mind reader. So Jill and I continued and have continued. We've known each other now for almost 10 years. Eight years? Nine years? It's been. Oh, yes. Because my grandfather passed away when I was 22. Was I? I don't know. It's been a while. It's been over five years. Let's yeah. call it that. Well, it's five plus. <laughs> Put it in our resume. So... Um, we started doing Jill's hair and then we started to talk about our love of antiques. Yeah. And um, we had gone to uh, some estate sales in Pocatello and antique stores and we kind of always like carved some time out in our schedules to go and do that with each other because we both really enjoy it. Um, but before this, I joined a local antique study group. Which is, I am the youngest by at least 50 years in this antique study group. It's a, it's a great group of women that formed the group 30 plus years ago. And they meet every third Thursday for a couple hours. They have tea and snacks. And uh, one of the members gives a kind of short dissertation on an antique and it's usually one that they've collected. And mind you, these women have been collecting 50 years on me oh, yeah. for uh, so long. And they have incredible family heirlooms. And I fell in love with the stories that these women had about their antiques. Mm -hmm. And about the things they were bringing to share and the things that they had. You know, just even stories from their mothers and grandmothers and people I would have never met. Right, because you never know why somebody chooses that object. Well, and most of the time, they're, I mean, your first antique isn't a choice, I think. No, I and I think that too. Like, I think a lot of things are just kind of, like, they fall in your lap. Like, yes. the pendulum, like, it just happened. Yeah, and you kind of, you, yeah, you go on your antique journey based off of that first antique. And I, you know, talked to Jill about this, and Jill was in a coordinating group that had some of the same members that I had. And um, for about a year or so, I threw around this idea of having a podcast to share these stories. I was like, these are incredible history. This is incredible history that is just going to die. Right. Because I don't think anybody, I guess maybe because we live in Idaho and it's such, it's more of a rule, not very, I mean, we have a big population here, but it it still feels pretty rural. It's super rural. Yeah. And so it, it almost feels like nobody tells those stories. I, I think a lot. And, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, a lot of the LDS, they're very secretive in their stories. Right, and especially depending on, like, if it's a close family story, it doesn't necessarily leave that lineage. Right. And when I first joined this group, they didn't know what to think of me because I was so much younger than them. They were like, how could this girl, in their eyes, know anything about antiques? And I kind of had to, like, prove myself to them that I knew kind of what I was talking about and that I have a collection and have been antiquing for over a decade you know, and they finally kind of opened their arms up to me. Right. Because, I mean. 
I okay. was most definitely a threat. Like I have well, bright I red mean, hair, like heavily tattooed. Right. First glance at either one of us, we both have sleeves, and it's like, oh gosh, okay, walk on the other side, guys. Yeah. So when I sat down at that first antique club meeting, they were kind of like, and they are all wonderful women. But and they're they'll be polite about it. They For won't. Sure. Yeah. They were never. They were never overtly mean. But it was a, a clear kind of line in the sand. And then when I, I gave my introduction one day, I stood up and said who I was and what I was about. I sat down and the president at the time goes, see, and y'all were worried about the young ones not knowing anything about antiques. There's your proof right there. Because <laughs> there are still some of us that... And I feel like there's a huge resurgence. We've talked about this. Right. With, our, with the millennial generation and the, you know, this generation of 20 to 40 mm-hmm. is super into collecting antiques and kind of keeping that alive um, and learning about those things. But when I was throwing around the idea of this podcast, I needed a co-host. I couldn't do it by myself. A Chrissy Teigen, if you please. I For her, for sure. (laughs) Chrissy Teigen. Chrissy Teigen. Chrissy Teigen, we love you. And I was like, I need somebody that gets it. I need somebody that knows about antiques. I need somebody that loves it like I do and will I just get it. And so Jill and I were driving to an estate sale and all of a sudden I just got this overwhelming urge and I was like, I have to ask Jill to be my co-host. And guys, when I tell you, when I asked Jill, I said, I want you to be my co-host for this podcast about antiques. And I think I had told you about it. Yeah. You were kind of like... Because you were telling me the same thing about your group and what, you know, these stories and how you want to get out there. And, like, as she's talking about this, I'm, like, getting chills. And it's, like, like I knew something good was coming. Mm-hmm. And so I said to her, I was, like, do you, you could totally say no. This is kind of a lot to ask. But would you want to be my co-host for the podcast? And when I tell you, even now, when I, I tell you... <laughs> It was like a sonic boom went off in the car, like all of the emotion that escaped. And it was just like, Jill and I kind of go off of this uh, ethos of like, if it makes our nipples hard, it's the right decision. Yeah. And both of us were just like electric. It was electric. It was, it was electric, emotional. And I'm trying to drive to this estate sale and I'm just like, oh my God. And it's like, yeah, like it was, it was, you you get that feeling when you know it's right, it's right. Mm-hmm. You know, people say, you know, love at first sight. I knew right away. I knew right away that this was something. And leading up to this, me and you were still like, I would say close-ish friends, but still right. definitely more acquaintances and like shared the same hobbies. But we dove, I mean, head first into this. Yeah, like for sure. It was. And then we spent that afternoon, we went to the estate sale and we could hardly focus and it really wasn't a great estate sale. No, and they were like, let's go to like Costco. The <laughs> so we went to Costco. And when we were at Costco, we were coming up with ideas for a name. Right. And we had come up with some other ones. And the mothball prophecies, did it come to us then? No, it took us quite a while. Rem- I just remember you'd like throw some names in there. I'm like, yeah, oh, it's I was there, driving. but it's not there. Mm-hmm. And I think it took us like a good week before because... We would find words. Yeah. That we related. found one we liked, but when we looked up the domain and everything was already a business and we didn't want to do anything with that. And then I was driving home and all of a sudden it just came to me. 
like the name, the mothball prophecies, like a comet. And I pulled into my driveway and I pulled my phone out and I called Jill and I just started yelling the name at her. (laughs) (laughs) And it was that nipple hard moment. I was like, holy shit. Yes. That's it. That's it. That's it. And so everything we've done and the intro that you hear before the show was somebody that I found on TikTok. Yeah. Kaylin Temple. And she's incredible. Oh my gosh. Her voice. And so all of these things that every decision we've made has definitely been off of that. But enough on that. So Jill and I have always antiqued. Mm -hmm. And Jill, you grew up in Mountain Home. Well, so I moved around a little bit because my dad was in the Air Force. And so our last base we were stationed at was at Mountain Home Air Force Base. And I didn't really start antiquing. Like, my mom would take me to the secondhand stores, and I was like, Mom, I don't want to go here. Stinky, you know. Mm -hmm. Because when you're a kid, it's like you don't want hand-me-downs. Right. Essentially. It's still, yeah, it's definitely... Uh, and uh, like I don't know, like if you go to public school, like you want to wear the things that like your wealthier friends are wearing. Right. You want to wear the late. I mean, I'm dealing this with my teenage daughter right now. Labels. Yeah. And new. Whatever. And now it's funny. I don't care. I know. Like I keep telling her, I'm like, it's not on sale. <laughs> we got to wait till it's clearance. We have to wait. Um, but no. And so I didn't really get into vintage and antiques until... Gosh, maybe my 30s. And it all started because my great-grandma had passed away. And they were cleaning out her stuff. And they said, you know, there's pots and pans of grandmas. Would Do you want those? And at the time, my husband and I, were, we had just barely had twins. And we were like, not the richest. And I was like, yeah, I'll take them. Because I can use those. Right. Like, that's how that started. Because... It was something I could use. And then when my mom gave them to me, it was like, it had a different meaning to it. So when every time I use those, and to this day, my husband, there's one little pot that my husband loves to use to make his oatmeal in the morning. Oh, wow. But every time I use them, it makes me think of grandma. And every once in a while, I'll get a whiff of her perfume. It, and that's that's how I would antique and vintage. It was stuff I could use. Right. Like, cause my mom and my grandma have stuff, you know, you have those one things you're not allowed to touch. Yeah. That's like my grandma's entire house. <laughs> it's not, you're not supposed to touch anything. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah. So now, yeah, I, I didn't start until later in life and it was almost out of a necessity and now it's been, it's a hobby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I have like the opposite. So I am... Um, I was born and raised in the same town. My family settled in the town from Sweden. Uh, so they've been there for over a hundred years. And I am the only granddaughter. So I have all brothers. I'm the only girl. My uncle never had any children. So I was like my grandma. My mother was not what my grandmother at the time typically thought a girl should behave like. Like my mom really loved to wear overalls and didn't like to wear a lot of makeup. And this was in, I mean, the 60s and 70s. Like she wanted to be comfy. Yes. And she ran around with the boys. I mean, my grandfather was also in the Air Force. Mm -hmm. So they lived in England and San Antonio. They spent 13 years in England was the longest duty station they had. So my mom... She just, yeah, she just, she didn't care about any of that. Where my grandmother, on the other hand, she grew up 
really poor. She made her, her prom dress was her wedding dress. Right. And she made all of her own clothing. They have no, they don't really have photographs of her as children because they were too poor to afford photos. Right. So her thing, like her, her way of showing her worth was most definitely through purchasing things Mm -hmm. and kind of this outward appearance of, uh, being wealthy, you know, having that white picket fence and having everything. And then the, also the part of her not having a ton of money growing up caused her to really hold on to a lot of the objects from her childhood. Right. Are still in her house to this day. Like the table she had as a child, the kitchen table. Oh my gosh. All of these things. So anyways, they spent 13 years in England and my grandmother antiqued like it was her goddamn job. And when, I mean, they shipped all of the stuff back to the States when they bought their house and she had like a whole shipping crate of antiques, the stuff that she had moved from the States to the UK and back more than once. Oh my hell. Right. So, so much stuff. So naturally, as soon as I was old enough to keep my hands in my pockets, my grandma took me everywhere with her shopping. Mm -hmm. She took me to antique stores. I mean, we did everything together that way. Right. And so my first antique, well, a lot of the things she started to buy for me when I was still like in utero. Oh my gosh. Like just, and like, there's just a lot. That's a whole other episode. Like but I just feel her like once you're born, she like lays all these out in front of you. She started buying like pink depression glass for me oh, when I was probably my like hell. eight years old and gave it to me when I got married, like two to three boxes of pink depression glass. Holy shit. Yeah. Of like matching sets, like all these things. She bought my cake set. Like my, it's like Lennox porcelain cake knife for my wedding from Lamont's when Lamont's went out of Holy business. Fuck. Yeah. And she was like, I got this for you. It's in my like, China I've cabinet. had this for 30 years, like forever. Oh so God. she, when we would go, she would kind of, she always was telling me what things were and how to look for an antique that's of value and to mm-hmm. make sure the pricing is fair. And then she let me buy my first antiques, which was um, sugar tongs and salt spoons for tea Mm -hmm. and those were like my little treasures like my first one was it's two roses and it's like uh twisted silver and it's real silver and I have them all in an old case but that was who I started antiquing with and who I guess my first antique was something I purchased with her right it wasn't necessarily useful but the older I've gotten the more I look for an antique that also has a purpose because Mm -hmm. I have a smaller house Right. Where my grandmother buys an antique because it's beautiful and then puts it, mm-hmm. I think she has in her house. At least three hutches, China hutches, two, oh, what's this, the service? The buffets. The buffets. Um, then she has like a chef's sand, like a wood chef's, like, oh my God. Um, she is so, I, at one day we will go there. It's so many. <laughs> so I grew up like literally like in this museum of antiques. And so it's always connected to her and my grandfather. Mm-hmm. And I was super close with my grandfather. And that's, you know, antiquing is important to me because I, I started learning those stories. And I've always been super fascinated by stories of everybody from a young age. And I feel I love that antiques are directly connected to somebody's history and I love picking somebody something up at an antique store and uh, what life did it live before I found it. Right. And that's that's the other thing. It's like you hold something and you can almost feel like 
this has an in- like that woman's house I we went to for the today so she had so many unique things that half of them I didn't even know what they were and it was like I didn't even know how to like google the item because it's like I don't it was very much like she was like deep into some niche antiques yeah and like they had what was it Ansel Adams? Yes, and I got two of those prints because beautiful. Her family had told um, the Wild Hair Estate lady that she took lessons from him, and they they said we're pretty sure some of these are his, but we have no clue what which ones. Wow, that's just and it's stuff like that you don't hear anymore. Mm-hmm. Like you don't like I can't go to my house right now and be like oh, I bought this and here's the story, We, you know? Right. Like, I look at certain stuff in my house and it's like, okay, this is going to be here for like maybe a year or two. Right. Well, and then I'll change my mind about cause it. Because they're currently building, so they live, they're in apartment townhome limbo yeah, right now. Yeah, my husband is super not happy every time I come home from an estate. I've hidden some stuff from him. Mm-hmm. He has found some stuff. Pyrex is... um. A dirty word in our household right now because you do have a I do got a have problem. quite I do have a problem I'll just say it first step is owning it and I, I do I'm I, you're gonna have a place so you can display it all yeah by and the end of the and year. they're all things I know I'll use so right. that's that's my justification you gotta have something I went to an estate sale I had an hour break my friend was having one at her grandmother's house, and I went and filled the box up, and it was in my car until today. Oh, that's a firework. But I, uh, Dustin was like, what is this? And I was like, oh, I went to an estate sale. <laughs> he was like, I know. I had put a box somewhere thinking Ethan wouldn't pick it up, and he picked, he's like, what? I was like, ah! <laughs> He's like, what's in this? And I'm like, uh, rocks. I'm for the landscaping at the new. He's house. like, I can't drop a box of rocks. I'm like, nope. No, most definitely not. There's quartz in there. There's it's special rocks. Yeah, How designed in a bowl that I'll use made one day. from sand, blown in a kiln, and pressed into a mold, and painted with a delightful picture. Yeah. Okay, that's Amish <laughs> butter print. You son and of a bitch. Somebody only wanted to dollar dollar for it, motherfucker. So yeah, I'm gonna buy. Yeah, it has to come home with me. I'm sorry, <laughs> not sorry. Jill and I can't. Um, Estate sale too close to each other because it's we have really similar hard. tastes. So we just kind of like look at each other across and... I know. If you we're, don't get it, I will get it. And we're really good about it too because it's like if you touch it and put it down, we know that we can now pick it up. True story. That is the rule of the game. And I'll even ask him like, are you going to get that? I'm and like, no, I don't really have a place for it. And then I'll be like, oh, I do. Right. We do this with everything. We did it with table linens. We've done it with oh, pillowcases. Yeah. And that's, I, my collection has shifted, like, obviously the older I get and the more that I'm purchasing things with my own money. And I've, like, I'm running out of places to put things that don't have a lot of pizzazz. Right. So, I like, there's stuff that I'll see at an estate sale, and I'm like, that's really cool, but I don't really have a place to display it. I have a toddler at my house. Well, yeah, especially with little kids around, it's like, you you want it, but you don't want to chance it. Hold on, we're going to let that. If you can hear that, we are in the high school parking lot. It's the end of June. There's fireworks going off and kids playing. and uh, this Summer. L- this life. Summer life, guys. <laughs> 
So yeah, if I, you know, I my current stuff that I'm like really looking for right now is like old gardening stuff, mm-hmm. um, vases, pottery, handmade like pottery, like mugs and vases and things like right. that. Always mid-century, brutalist, super. I like to have, now I'm getting to the point where I want something that's interesting and makes somebody go, what is that when they come to my house? And my house is definitely eclectic. It is. She has got... <laughs> Each she, room is different. She she has hair. Yes. Morning hair. I am obsessed with Victorian morning jewelry and the whole Victorian era of mourning. Which I will say is very interesting. I love the stories. But the hair just, I can't. And hair doesn't gross me out because I deal with it all the time. So to me, it's, I have the hair she's speaking of specifically is in my china cabinet in my house. I have two braids from the 1920s that were cut off of somebody's head and then put in the bottom of a trunk with the rest of their keepsakes and then sold in an auction. And they ended up in my house. And I absolutely adore them, but other people Which are like, "It's great what? because I think that's the other thing with antiques and vintage. And I think if you buy it, you have like, if you don't appreciate it, why buy it? Right. Right. Because and Sam some, like totally appreciates it. And it's, mm-hmm. it's fascinating to just watch her with it and then listen to the stories behind it. Because I'd never even heard of it. Yeah. And it was, that was my first at the antique club. That was my first little dissertation I did was all on um, Victorian mourning jewelry and the mourning era that happened. That is just so interesting. And there's so many different um, steps and statuses that went into the way you properly mourned during that time. It's incredible. But I definitely, now my collection leans more towards like miniatures and interesting things. Mm -hmm. And um, I've recently got it into like cruel work and needlework and old vintage cross stitches. Like the one I just got at an estate sale said, dinner's ready when you hear the smoke alarm. (laughs) And it's going to go on my gallery wall in my kitchen. And it's all bright. It's like lace. Yeah. Yeah, it was. That's awesome. And your collection like your the things you're after has changed since we started. Yeah, like I think now that because we are building a new house, like I now am looking for the bigger pieces and um like stuff that I can use for parties. Like cuz I plan to, you know, host like holiday get-togethers, barbecues, that's kind of stuff and so I look for stuff that I know I'll use and not necessarily that I, it wouldn't be heartbreaking that if it broke, but it's something I know will get used. If it's broken, then it's like it had its use and everybody enjoyed it. Right. Like to me, like that's the other thing for me. Like if something broke, I don't get heartbroken about it. And that may be the nurse in me because I've mm-hmm. been around death and all that kind of stuff. It's like, okay, it's done. It's had a good run. Right. It served its purpose. It served its purpose. I have great memories using it. Like I have a cake platter that broke in half. And I just kind of stared at it for a second. And then I was like, I could glue this together and still use it. And then it broke three more times. And I said, okay, universe, I hear you. I'm done. I'll throw it away. I had that beautiful orange Pyrex bowl with the daisies we got at that antique store. I was outside on my patio and I was peeling rhubarb to make rhubarb jam. Mm-hmm. 
and it slid off of the table and just smashed. Was it in slow motion as you watched it? And all I kept thinking was Jill's going to be so pissed. And it wasn't even Jill's bowl. (laughs) It was a beautiful, huge, like, serving bowl. I probably would have said I had a little service for it. I was, I looked down, and I was like, fuck. Fuck! And it was, it busted into a zillion pieces. I was just going to say, could we have glued it together? Not Not in a million years. It was a crime scene. But then it's like stuff like that. It's like, okay, what could I do with it now? Okay, yeah, you want to play that game? I had a broken pot in my backyard, and I just broke it some more, and I'm going to just put it in the dirt (laughs) as tile. See? Because I can't let anything go, ever. So repurposing stuff is a sickness I have. And same with my husband. He brought home a broken-ass bench that's two pieces of cast iron and no wood in the middle, and he's like, we can just rebuild it. You could totally rebuild that. For the cost of it. I know that's the other so my with this the console that we bought my husband's like so what I'm thinking is we'll just rip out all this stuff and we'll like bluetooth wire it with a stereo and all this and I just looked at him and said or we could just put stuff on it as a decoration (laughs) but in his defense there are like there's a ton of YouTube videos on how to convert those to Bluetooth See, players. There, there is lots, lots of them. But but my my hubby, love him to death, guys. He's the best ever. He's not the greatest handy. Oh, that's a problem. Maybe you should hire it out. I I suggested that. But he wants he wants to do it, so okay. we're gonna do it and I will keep you all posted on how it goes. Bluetooth credenza, not a credenza, stereo. I told him, I said, I don't care what you do. Just don't ruin it. Yeah, don't do it like so bad that you can't put it back. Yeah. Like I told him, I said, we're not taking the screens off. We're not taking anything, the wood apart. We're not taking anything. Just get to the bits. Just just the speakers. Or just, hear me out, just put a Bluetooth speaker, like a literal speaker inside of it and then take it out. I mean, it's still a stereo. I know. But, you know, he's got a vision. So, who am I to tell him anything? Because that means I can buy more Pyrex. True. Yes. Let him have his hobby and you can have yours. I know. See? That's that's what mm-hmm. I'm trying to do. Yeah. When Dustin sings, when he goes to an antique or an estate sale, he looks for, like, old tools and uh, woodworking stuff and books Oh my God. That lady had a bajillion <laughs> books. Oh man. Like one room was just like the wall was filled with like, I think it was like six wow. shelves high and wall to wall. Like, and I, <laughs> when I saw that, <laughs> the first thing I was like, oh, where's Sam and Dustin? They need to, they'd be in here forever. Yeah. My husband, we went to one in Idaho Falls and he had my son on his back. And he, in the basement of this house, and it was so hot, and I go down there, and Dustin has, like, commandeered the entire bookcase, and he has a pile of books, and he turns around, and he goes, look at what I found, and he's, like, sweating, (laughs) and he goes, look at this, and he pulls out, like, a first edition of The Wizard of Oz, hardback, yeah, and so he found some fucking cool books that day, but... 
it's kind of like, hey, let's go. I don't want to look at the books anymore. Right? Like, come on. That's how my husband and he is very thorough. Like, I told him, I was like, babe, you, you got to speed it up. You, you are missing something on the Mm -hmm. other end of the house. I was like, you scan, you hold maybe a couple things and And, you go. And then you make a second loop. Right. Like he, but he's very, he's very thorough. He likes to like, look at each item, which I mean, that's how he's always been. (laughs) He's always like, I turn around and you're gone. I know. I've, I've already scanned the room. And he's babe. like, I'm going to go down to the basement. You want to come with me? I'm like, I already been there. But you know what? I'm going to go again because there might be something I missed. Did you look under the tables? Because there is really, there is a protocol to walking through an antique store, a thrift store, mm-hmm. and an estate sale. And you kind of go in with an idea of what maybe you're after. But you got to look high and you got to look low. Yes. And I, uh, <laughs> my kids are like, I found... um just like some pots and stuff under this one. And I was getting, my kids were like, mom, you can't, that's not for sale. And I'm like, yeah, it is guys. It's under the table. It's for sale. And they're like, I don't think so. And I was like, <laughs> they're so like very conscious mom, of like, you're breaking the law. Like if this was the store, you could not take that. And mom, I'm like, this, this fine guys. It's fine. This we got my this. first rodeo. I know. Children. They're so cute. Like my, Son, he like mom mom look at this look at this dish is this a dish you like and I'm like so sweet but no <laughs> no I don't like that that's just that's actually from Walmart I know I'm like that's actually I have that one because I got it at Target sorry honey I'm so sorry but I love you so much yeah I definitely like I hit up certain parts of the house first yeah like I go to the kitchen and then I kind of think I figured out like her layouts a little bit you know, I was thinking that too when I went to this last one because it's like she always has the garage stuff like pretty like separated. Yeah. Like if you've noticed like the tools are on one side mm-hmm. and then it's like the random stuff are in the corner. And then she has yard stuff and yeah, she does a really, I mean, we could just have a whole episode talking about her estate sales. Definitely like working my way through an estate sale. I think, you know, my favorite part of it is like finding something. This is, and maybe this is just me, finding something in an estate sale that somebody's overlooked that has like yes. high value. Oh my gosh. And to be like, oh my God, I got it. I know. And, and like, it's like you're like stalking them, like <laughs> move along, keep going. Don't touch it. You don't, don't want touch that. it. It's ugly. And then as soon as there's enough distance, I'm like, got my fat little hands. And when we say enough distance, they literally turned just a titch. And then hands And in. then it's like, oh, Shh, mine. Mine. Thank you. Thank you. And then they'll kind of turn back around and be like, oh, I'm like too slow. I know. Like you grab it and then just kind of walk off like you didn't even. Like, eh, I, didn't, I didn't get anything. I didn't see you there. Like, oh. Because <laughs> I'm always like, if they're putting it in the picture of the estate sale, mm-hmm. it's like one of the better items. Yes. And I have not been wrong yet. No, and it's so... Like, <laughs> I hate social media sometimes because she's come so popular because of it. And like now there's lines just to get in. And now because of the whole social distancing and stuff. Like on what, Thursday is the first day. Mm-hmm. And it starts at five normally. Like we got there at one. I got there like at know like 4 45 and it was like already a long i'm like oh why did i do this all the good stuff are gone now but you scored i did score well there's she does it on the third day she does this like box it bag it drag it 
where you can like fill a box for like ten to fifteen dollars. And I got Oh my god. I hated her. (laughs) Like I loved that she got this, but I hated her. I went to her, it was her she was having a sale because she finds probably she gets the dibs on the best shit first. And there was a platter, a porcelain platter, and it was lined in platinum. And it was in the quilted little, like, keepers, the plastic zippered cases from the 80s, 70s and 80s. And I saw it, and she had, like, this day was, like, 75% off everything or whatever. And But there was just a platter, so I thought. So I put it in my $10 box and felt, like, kind of sneaky that I had got it. And we got down the hill, and I opened Facebook, and I looked back and read the tag that was on the platter, and it said the rest of this china set was under the table which look under the (laughs) table i totally spaced it because i had the baby on my back yeah and so i went i said to dustin i said we have to go back the rest of the china is underneath that table and now i gotta offer her the fair price so we drive back up i get out and she kind of looks at me like you were just here I said, I just got the platter from this that now I have to admit I was being sneaky. <laughs> and the thing is, is she would have told me that the rest of the China yeah, was... Yeah, no, she would have just been like, <laughs> idiot. Because it was an idiot move. And so I, she says, well, I, you know, the rest of it's over here. And she had like $275 on this set. It's mm-hmm. a 16-piece setting. And so I was like, all right, 75%. And then I, I most definitely lowballed. And she said, well, how much did you pay me? I offered her like 50 bucks. Mm-hmm. Which was so low. That's And on top of what I had paid. So anyways, but she said, she looks at me and she goes, well, how much did you already pay? And I was like, I think we were out like $25. And she goes, well, let's just do 10 more. And I looked at her and like with the, what the fuck did you just say? What? And she goes, well, you know, it's like $1,000 worth of China. And I was like, yeah, I know. know. That's why I'm offering you $50. So the China set, it's a Lennox porcelain, 16-person setting. And it has the sweetest floral pattern on it. it. And it's edged in platinum. It's something I, like Lennox and any type of porcelain holds a special place in my heart because of my grandmother. Right. But I would never buy myself fine china with my own money at full price no ever no so to find this 16 piece place setting with cups and saucers and bowls and gravy dishes and serving dishes everything everything and it's all in that quilted stuff i felt like i robbed the bank like i got in the car and i just said to Dustin, i was like this is unreal this is unfucking real. And then I got home and I did what I do. And I went down a Google rabbit hole of finding <laughs> all the pieces and how much they are full retail. But yeah, now it's in um, my house in an old dresser from the 1800s. Yeah. And it's, I can't wait to host to just like pull that out and tell the story. Right. Because there's your story. Mm-hmm. It all comes back to a story. And we hope you will stay with us on this journey and listen to the stories of real people of all ages with these incredible pieces that they have in their homes. And I encourage you to ask your grandmother or your mom or your friend or your spouse or your partner what their first antique was and what their favorite antique is. And look around your own house and look at, look what you have. There's always that one thing you have and you have it for a reason. We want to know that reason. Yeah, we want to know. 
I want to know the first antique you had, and we want to hear your story and share it with everybody else on the show. Mm -hmm. So send us your first antique story to the mothball prophecies at gmail.com and we'll read it on the show. We want to share your antiques with everybody. And and everything's up for grab. Everything. And that's the thing is it can be antique. It can be vintage. We use antique kind of as the broad term for it. Anything probably more than 30 years old. Right. I would say falls under the category of probably having a super cool story behind it that I want to hear about. You know, because I'm 40 and some of the stuff I kept as a child is now vintage. Right. (laughs) Walking into like Target right now. I'm like, wait, I wore that when I was five. Why is that now here? (laughs) Did I go into some weird time machine where now like. You're like, no, I left that. I don't want any more velvet. (laughs) Leave it be. (laughs) All right, we're gonna do a quick little rapid fire round. Ah, I hate you. (laughs) (laughs) So we're not gonna do the estate sale walkthrough. We're just gonna do some some quick. Okay. Okay. Pyrex or jadeite? I'm gonna say jadeite because I have a lot of pyrex. (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna say jadeite. I'm gonna go with jadeite. And any aspect of jadeite that it's coming in, whether it's reproduction or brand new. Okay, this is a good one. Garden, vintage. I like that we both hear it now. Okay. Garden, sculpture, vintage. Okay. Okay. Or fountain. (laughs) Uh, Oh, shit. I'm going to say sculpture. Fountain. Only because I really want a fountain right now. I don't know why. (laughs) Because you need one. Mm -hmm. All right. Last one, I think. Okay. Stained glass. Okay. Or um, an old ornate mirror. I'm going to go mirror. Yeah. Stained glass. (laughs) I'm going stained glass. (laughs) Just like a real, yeah. Yeah, I'm going stained glass. Okay. Very last one. Old bottles. Or old tins? Old bottles. Ooh, fast. Yeah. Walk me through that reaction. <laughs> I know that was really... That was very... I was like, no. <laughs> you were like, bottles, always bottles. Um, I don't know. I've never been into the old tins. I don't know why. Sacrilege. I know. I know. The look you're Devastated. giving me right now. You have to go. <laughs> But hey, no, this is a good thing for us to hash out on the show. Yeah. Because now when we go to estate sales, I can go, Jill! <laughs> I know. I'm like, Sam, 10, 10 bottles, 10 bucks. Hey, there's old glass bottles over here. So many. And I'll be like, mine. We'll just walk out <laughs> jingling with our finds. Uh, yeah. Um, thanks for doing this with me. Yeah. Anytime. This has been great. I love it. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today on another episode of the Mothball Prophecies. Where we can't hear it about, we can't wait to hear about your antique story. And we hope you share it with us. Have a fabulous day or night, whatever you choose. Remember to look up and down at the estate sales. Always under the table. Look under the table. Bye. Yeah.